guys. Welcome to Rankin Vile, the podcast ranking every horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? So I um, had a wound reopened on my body and learned <sighs> that dehiscence is the name for that. So I've just been living body horror. Uh, so because of that, I haven't done much ghoulish stuff this week. Um, I mean, aside I, from the ghoulishness of having a body that can have wounds that reopen? Yeah, yeah. To to have a wound heal and then to go, uh, JK. <laughs> I, I feel that, I feel that, sorry, uh, what, what is it? Hiss? Dehiscence. Dehiscence sounds like either a snake disease or something made up to be mean to people with lisps. Like, trying to <laughs> describe their body reopening. Um, this is, yeah, honestly, this week, I have been... The ghoul shit that I've been up to is... Uh, have you heard of the book Stiff? No, tell me about it. Uh, it's a stiff... Uh, it's it's a nonfiction book about cadavers and, like, what happens with them. Like, what happens with our bodies after we die? Like, if you uh, donate your body to science or to, like... It's it's really fucking incredible. Like the the writing style, uh, it kind of reads like Sarah Vowell's writing style, who did Assassination Vacation. Yeah, um, I love Sarah Vowell. Oh, she's yeah, she's fucking great. Uh, and and this book is, it's written in that same kind of style, which I feel like is crucial for a book about cadavers. Um, and you know, they talk about the the body farm in Tennessee, and which honestly, I've always wanted to go on a field trip to the body farm. Same. I know people that have worked. The body farm before oh man uh, lucky and yeah it just sounds great that sounds really interesting i've always been interested in all that ever since i read jessica mitford's behind the formaldehyde curtain oh i haven't read that one that's a fucking great title though yeah it's an essay uh kind of on the uh, on the expose side of mm-hmm. this is all of the unnatural stuff done to make a body look natural at a funeral man. and it's kind of asking you know why are we doing this and and it's yeah. pretty it's one of the first of the the good death style essays i'd ever read and uh it's very good oh yeah caitlin doty i feel like is i mean a lot of people's like gateway drug into maybe understanding stuff about the mortuary arts and and, and like what maybe happens to your body after you die um Specifically, you know, the, the there's the bit that Caitlin Doty had that I had no idea about when you're like, wait, so when did the idea of preserving a body to look like it's still alive become a thing? And it's like, well, right after the Civil War, actually, <laughs> where, you know, it's like, well, you know, people, you know, uh, funeral directors promised that they could create a, quote, memory picture uh, for for the grieving, where it's like, you know, the last time when you see, like, Mima descending into the grave looking like she just fell asleep at brunch, that's going to be your last image of her instead of what happens naturally to the human body, like, a few days after it dies. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. You basically just turn to goo, is what it is. Like, the fact that your brain liquefies and leaks out your nose after you die, like, it's just a slow melting process because it's all the bacteria in your body eating you from the inside. Um, anyway, so fun, fun things. Honestly, though, like, as gruesome as it is, I'm realizing how much tone influences my ability to consume stuff. Like, if it's, it, you know, if it's actually fun to consume, then I can, I can read about pretty much anything. But yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, you can get away with a lot when you have just a very peppy 
upbeat tone about it. <laughs> yeah, you maybe don't want like Angus Scrim whispering to you about dead bodies. Um, before we get into the movie we're doing for this week, I did want to tell y'all that our Patreon is getting sort of moved over to the uh, overall Faustian nonsense uh, Patreon. So for nine bucks, you can have access to not only our bonus episodes and material, but also all of the other stuff from other shows like Lavender Tavern and Jack of All Trades. So uh, it is it is going to be different, but we're still going to be putting out bonus episodes over there. So never, never you worry. We will still uh, be talking about Sylvester Stallone movies on our Patreon. Um, but yeah, that's so if you have any questions, you know, reach out to us at uh, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Um, so let's jump into the movie we're doing for this week. Holy shit. Uh, it is a... 1995 uh, classic of the uh, high school, uh, the the Japanese high school horror genre. Yeah, the um, Sukaban genre. Uh, Quincy, Sukaban being Japanese for schoolgirl. Yeah, Quincy, I don't, I didn't really know so much from Sukaban movies. Like, was this? How did this? Uh, the, the movie we're talking about is uh, Eko Eko Azarak, uh, Wizard of Darkness. Quincy, where did you come across uh, Echo Echo Azarok, Wizard of Darkness? I'm glad you asked, Ryan. So uh, I have a video Steve catalog, and in it is a section of weird Japanese movies. And uh, its descriptions are, for lack of a better wor- word, this one has boobs, and so does this one, and so does this one. <laughs> so it's Except like the, it also, so it's like the IMDb, uh, IMDb keywords, where it's just yeah, like, yeah, it's feet, mostly, bound woman. It's mostly a catalog for perverts. Except right. it had this sentence about uh, schoolgirl witches. And also, um, Annie Choi, I believe, has reviewed this film. So if it gets oh, her stamp of approval, uh, she is braver than any U.S. Marine Uh, or Texan, so I will watch anything that she has been willing to watch and says is actually worth checking out. Yeah, and well, and honestly, with like Sukaban uh, media, I think the main thing that I've consumed uh, in this subgenre is the video game Corpse Party. Have you played Corpse Party? No, but I am always really interested in uh, these Sukaban video games. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. really a fan of... um, Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, hell yeah, Doki Doki Literature Club. that ilk. Yeah, it's fucking great. Like, honestly, Corpse Party, uh, I think it was made in, like, 96 or something, and it was made using uh, RPG Maker, and it's a Sukaban uh, JRPG that's, like, you're trapped in a school, and your classmates are, like, dying, and it's just really, really gruesome. Like, it looks like teen horror. I'm, I'm wondering if there was any interaction between, like, Scream and teen horror in the 90s in America and this sort of subgenre of horror in Japan. I kind of think that the 90s American boom did because this film has a slasher element to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not only is. It does turn from your high school drama story, your your Sailor Moon style, there's something crazy going on, and our superhero schoolgirl's going to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. It also is very similar to the TV show Sukaban Deka, which um, Americans might know better as Yo-Yo Battle Cop, which is about a, <laughs> which is a great uh, fucking title. teenage girl who is a delinquent and uh, fights crime with a metal yo-yo that she does sweet yo-yo tricks. And oh, it does involve a yo-yo. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, but it's... This this kind of comes from that uh, Japanese like seventies melodrama TV uh, from you know magical girl shows from manga 
mm-hmm. and all of that. So, so it's it's very great. So the yeah. movie opens with a woman just running from mm-hmm. peril. Yeah, there's like bongos and shit. Like honestly, the the score for a lot of this is very like lifetime original horror movie sort of stuff. Like those made for TV movies, like uh, Stalked by My Doctor. Uh, where it's just very synthy and very upbeat. Like the, the music is great, and she's running through the streets, and we keep cutting to uh, a hooded council of what look like Satan worshippers uh, muttering incantations. Yeah, and they're just talking to Lucifer. Uh, yeah, you know, just just saying, hey, I, I love how <laughs> Japan has it's, its own rich devil history. Mm-hmm. And yet this movie is like, nope, Christian Satan is who we're going with as that, our villain. Yeah, I, I love that, actually. Like, I'm thinking of, like, you know, like a seating of a ghost or something where it's like, okay, there's demons in the mix and there's, like, devils sort of generically. But, yeah, this one is like, no, the morning star Lucifer the Fallen is actually the specific dude that we're all into. Um, and also, like, it's... They there's a lot of reciting of different like names of demons in this during incantations, but my favorite thing is that they're done alphabetically, which I think is, <laughs> well, which you gotta I just, keep they, you got to keep track of them. Of yeah, course. these cultists are just like itemizing all of this in a spreadsheet. They're like, okay, Belphegor, fuck, wait, no, uh, you know, put that, yeah, put that above Sir Nurnos. Um Now, the the lady, what she gets her head chopped off, but with an eye beam. Specifically, a steel <laughs> I-beam falls off of a construction uh, crane and splatters her head. Yeah, it's rough. And, you know, the, the, the devil worshippers. Now, they do play it a little fast and loose with, like, voodoo and Satanism, where there's a lot of voodoo dolls in the mix in this movie. Uh, and the, the cultists are fucking around with a... A uh, straw voodoo doll, right as the the lady gets her head knocked off by an eye beam. So you know you're off to the races. You know instantly, okay, there's some Satan shit. There's an evil council, and people are dying. Um, and then we get to the high school where uh, we follow the main character of the movie, um, who is a fucking great final girl. Honestly, like she is sort of obviously a witch. Uh, her name is Misa. And Misa, what, came from another school where a bunch of other people died. So here's the thing. This is the sequel. This is Eco Eco Azurak 2. There's also, I believe, a 3 and a 4. Oh, yeah. Apparently this is part of a trilogy, at least. So wait, this is the sequel to the previous one. Yeah, and it's also based off of a serialized um, comic, and Mm -hmm. I believe there's there's an animation, too. So the whole thing is like any good serial storytelling uh misa uh misa just wanders from school to school which is again (laughs) how it it harks back to sukuban deka which is this crime fighting high school girl is the transfer student every week at a different school where something crazy something hinky is going on sort of a sort of a ronin witch really it's just like constantly on the move but doing witch shit so she shows up, and what's great is before anyone even knows <laughs> that she's the new student, everyone in the class is already talking about the satanic ritual killings that are going on in their neighborhood. Yeah, like, it's a lot of, they're, they're acknowledging, like, wow, so people are getting uh, sacrificed to Satan, which is, feels like a very 80s thing to be like, you hear about all the satanic sacrifices, um, but they seem kind of savvy about it, and one of them... You know, they're talking about uh, uh, the. You know, I think the big, the big one for all of these kids is resurrecting Lucifer. 
Um, and one kid is like, you know, like, yeah, if you summon Lucifer, you can control the world. And I, I call bullshit on that. If I summon Satan and actual Christian Satan shows up, I can't be like, all right, now I get to rule the world. He's going to be like, allow me to answer that by swatting you into hell immediately and then taking over the world. Like, <laughs> like Lucifer is already hanging out. Why is it if you call him, like, is it that you're trying to get possessed by him? Like, um, I, yeah, I mean, that's what happens at the end of the movie. And mm -hmm. spoiler for a movie that's older than some of our listeners probably mm -hmm. but uh yeah you don't just get to be satan's bud <laughs> when yeah, like, you resurrect satan yeah like what if you call him up and he's like fuck you kid i don't like i don't why would, why would i ever hang out with you like it's very presumptuous to me to summon like the the, the prince of darkness and the father of lies and just assume that he's going to want to hang out with you it's just a risky it's a risky social situation um, we are introduced to uh, a minor antagonist of this movie who is uh, Hideki Numata, who is... Uh, now, this is a pretty standard character in a lot of, like, boarding school anime and, like, a lot of stuff where it's just, like, the gropey, nasty uh, male teacher. Yeah, the teacher that says, I need to check your uniform, and while I'm doing that, I'm going to grope you. Yeah, he's just a he's just a nasty little pervert, and he uh, you know gropes uh, Misa on on her first day as she's going in, um, and everybody knows about this dude. Like it's not even a whisper network about Numata. Like he's just he's a piece of shit. And so we're also introduced to Mizuno, who is I thought initially that he was a just like a like a troubled bad boy. He's just a fucking scrub. Yeah, he, he is. He's such. I can't help but think of Melvin from Sailor Moon, just like the yeah. most annoying boy in the class. Yeah, he's he is Randall from Recess. He is. Uh, he's he's just a little. Uh, so he gets made fun of a lot. Um, he looks like the thing is what fooled me is that he looks like JD from Heather's, <laughs> which makes me immediately like, all right, I'm into this character. Uh, but he... he does have, again, a very uh, big trope in Japanese high school media is everyone has the range of hairstyles that you see in teenagers. Like, oh, yeah. he's got the scruffy, like, curly hair in his eyes and, like, the class president has, like, the very nice-kept bangs, mm -hmm. which are very uh, 1995. Yeah, yeah, uh, Mizuno kind of looks like Neil Gaiman, where he's just this fucking, like, vulture in a coat who's got, like, hair in his eyes. Uh, <laughs> and he is just, you know, everybody's uh, punching bag uh, at the school. But he also decides that Misa is bad news, doesn't like Misa. Um, how do they find out that she is a witch? He just knows that she is is connected to bad shit. Mm -hmm. And um, because Misa is actually here on a secret mission to find out who is doing satanic shit mm -hmm. and is not actually here to learn, uh, she's like, okay, I got to smoke out the Satanist. So Mizuno's like, because I'm the troubled bad boy, I can put a curse on Numata, the mm -hmm. groper, because he deserves it. Right. So he's got this little straw doll and he's going to um he's going to, you know, put pins in it. And Mesa's like, <laughs> step aside, noobs. Let me show you how it's really done. Yeah, she's like And she makes an actual um effigy that when broken 
kills Numata. Yeah, like he, Mizuno is like a script kitty trying to be like, yeah, I'm pretty much a hacker. And he just hits like control alt delete. And that's the cool hack he knows. Uh, and yeah, I, I think that there's immediately a sort of inferiority complex with Mizuno because like Misa is the real deal and an actual witch and Mizuno is like, yeah, I summon the darkness and still doesn't have any friends and like isn't really <laughs> isn't really that good at it. Uh, and so yeah, Numata the Gripper, who, who also witnesses now we're introduced to the teacher, Miss Shirai. Uh, and, uh, she is having a, uh, an affair. Now, I gotta tell you, initially I was like, oh, fuck, there's actual gay people in this. That's exciting. Uh. Yeah, sorry. It's not, it ain't, actually, it's it not ain't good. done well. It ain't good. Uh, it's, so Miss Shirai is having an affair with Kazumi, one of her students. Um, and just, by the way, this, this, uh, uh, gross relationship, they are the opposite of subtle about this. Like, they have never had, they've never been burdened by the thought that maybe they should try hiding this. Like, they just disappear for hours at a time to go fuck. And by the way, and this is how I know I'm getting old, I don't, I didn't need this specific sex scene in my high school horror movie. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's it's very much solely so that it will get bootlegged and put in a pervert catalog in the United States. <laughs> yeah, twenty five years later, oh, one hundred percent. It turns into like softcore porn for a minute, where it's just like, and you know that there's this thing in sex scenes where I think it's meant to be titillating, and it's just you always just picture like somebody. It's the sound of like an old man eating chili in the dark, where it's just like two people making out, but you can see their tongues visibly, and they're just like blah 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 blah, and it's just like. Yeah, movie. I know. I know what a kiss looks like, and it ain't that. This is just people licking their tongues. What are we doing? Um, and yeah, so there, you know, there's a lot of tits flying out. It's this. This scene is definitely just like two solid minutes of lesbian titillation, which I think was the style at the time in 1995. Yeah, it's also to show that Miss Shirai is probably the villain, and mm -hmm. uh, Kazumi is probably in cahoots. Yeah, I mean, I immediately thought, like, oh, clearly Miss Shirai is the villain because she's a sexual predator of children, uh, which... And, and we also are led to believe that this teacher is the villain because uh, when Mizuki says, hey, Misa, welcome to this school... Uh, one of the teachers is a pervert and the other is having a lesbian relationship with a, one of our classmates. She gets a pain in her neck. <laughs> and then Misa discovers a effigy of Mizuki with pins in it. So she's like, oh, so clearly someone is is um, trying to kill the class president, Mizuki. Yeah. I have to solve this. Definitely. Uh, and now, while Miss Shirai and Kazumi are fucking... Um, the Numata, the groper, uh, pops up and is just like watching them do this, which is like, is he supposed to be a stand in for all of the video Steve's watching this movie? Um, I, I it, think so. He's like, hey, stuff's going on. Yeah, lesbians smooching. And he is, you know, of course, you know, a gross pervert about it. He thumps the door and they realize that he was there and they're like, oh shit, that guy's going to tell somebody. Hmm. And then, mysteriously, uh, he gets got. Uh, he has a, a car wreck, and he's in critical condition. Not confirmed dead, but out of everybody's hair for a minute. Um, so, he, yeah, he gets laid up in the hospital. Uh, Mizuno is absolutely just fucking roasting Misa in front of God and everybody about the fact that people died at her old school in, in apparently the previous movie. 
Yeah. And I love that Kenichi is the the like class Adonis, the he he's the basketball captain and he's like Misa do you want to come cheer at the game so we'll win and also the way that Mizuki blows up his spot and says he says that to literally every girl in the school <laughs> you're not special yeah I feel like you know from jump that Mizuki is a stone cold motherfucker <laughs> like Mizuki is not <laughs> is not your friend and is not anyone's friend like it's yeah and he's he's kind of a sweet little himbo yeah, he's very sweet. There's also a part later in the movie where he's putting the moves on Misa and he's like, you know how your heart beats really fast? It's like, it's because I'm with you, not because we're being chased by uh, by ghosts oh, and they're almost getting murdered. It's actually incredible. I, I actually, uh, I wrote this down verbatim because it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Sh- uh, uh, Shindo goes like, is your heart racing? I heard that our hearts don't race because we're in love, but that we think we're in love with the person we're with when our hearts are pounding. Wait here for me with your heart racing. Like, what, is she just going to be doing burpees the whole time you're gone to keep her heart rate up like she's jogging in place? What are we doing? Uh, I, I love that line also because it's the the opposite of romantic because you're like, actually, the you only think that you're in love with somebody when your heart is beating and you're in a stressful situation with them because your body is already keyed up anyway date me like okay that's not that's not how you get there um but you know mizuno is just like yeah i don't trust misa people are you know people around her die yeah and and kenichi's like shut the fuck up you little goth turd it's fine so then just to remind you that this is a, a movie that takes place in a high school they have a math test and everyone does so poorly they literally have to do detention and retake the test. Yeah. And while they're doing detention, basically, so Miss Shirai, this is incredible to me, by the way. Miss Shirai is like, all right, none of you motherfuckers are allowed to leave this room until I come back. So she disappears with uh, Kazumi to go fuck while everybody's in detention. (laughs) Like, no one doesn't notice it. Like, hey, why does Kazumi not have to take the math (laughs) test and yet she's staying behind? Yeah, what the fuck? Why Kazumi? And it's, like, it is is wild as balls to me that she, like, leaves them for hours and it's nighttime and they're left in this room because she needs to go, like, fuck this student? Like, there, this is... Also, Mizuki is sitting there going... Uh, as class president, our teacher told us to wait here, so we have to wait here. Nobody get up. And they're like, I have to pee, Mizuki. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and also everybody being like, dude, I gotta go make dinner for my dad. He doesn't know how to feed himself. It's nine o'clock at <laughs> night. Uh, Miss Shirai, I don't know where she is. I gotta go home. I am 12. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's just, it's wild. Uh, now, big narc energy from Mizuki. <laughs> Yeah, Mizuki's a motherfucker. Uh, at this point, we're introduced to uh, uh, one of the pieces of tension of the movie, which is that the number 13 appears on the chalkboard. Um, and Mizuno's little doom cookie ass just sees 13 on the board and goes, it's the number of evil. Like, okay, thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, Mizuno. <laughs> um, but this, we find out, is the body count of the movie that every time somebody dies, uh, the number goes down. Yeah, so so it's just convenient that there are 13 students in the room. 
and uh, one of the aforementioned students is like, I've got to go pee. And she goes to the bathroom and then gets stuck in the bathroom stall and the bathroom floor. Now, okay, let's talk about this. She goes to use the bathroom. The, the stall doesn't have any space under the door. It's, it's, like, a, a, it's like a stand-up shower that you that you pee in and it's like connected to the ceiling so she get like the toilet and i will say this toilet explosion pretty cool <laughs> pretty cool toilet explosion. yeah and it just like floods and she drowns in, in toilet water and dies and so they you know at this point they go and open the door and she tumbles out you know waterlogged and dead now here's my question though it's is it that when somebody gets got the number on the chalkboard goes down or is it number on the chalkboard goes down now somebody's got to die I do believe it is played pretty fast and loose because there are scenes where both happen. Someone dies and then we see the number <laughs> yeah. go down. And then there are other scenes where the number goes down and then we see someone. Yeah. Die. Well, I mean, like there's there's one bit of this movie where there's like uh, the number on the board is like it goes down by two, but nothing has happened. And they're like, oh, no, two of us are going to die. And it's like Final Destination almost like. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we can't, which no one, they're like, don't erase the numbers because it'll automatically kill all of us. <laughs> but no one's like, don't add a de an extra decimal. Whatever you do, don't add a number in the text. <laughs> Actually, that's my question. What if you, if you, if you wrote down like uh, 0.5 after the number, is somebody's torso coming back and it's alive now? Like, <laughs> yeah. And if, if, if you wipe the whole thing off, that would, that would kill everyone. I, you know, listen, I don't mean to cast aspersions on uh, Eko Eko Azarok Wizard of Darkness, but they play it pretty fast and loose with that uh, with that body count uh, gimmick. Um, now, at this point, uh, so Chie is uh, drowned in the bathroom stall and, and everybody is losing their shit. And immediately, and, and they realize that they can't get out of the school because there's like a ward around it that prevents any of the windows from opening or anybody getting out a door. And yeah, the football players, I'm sorry, the basketball, yeah, the basketball players are like, we've got to get to the game. And they walk <laughs> out of the school and look up and they are, they walk, they're walking back into the classroom. They just walk Yeah, it's out. like a, it's like a time loop thing where you, you walk out of a room and walk directly back into it. I love, by the way, their priorities right now that it's like, look, I know Chie just died in a toilet and that there's weird Satan shit going on. Ball is life, man. Like we, we gotta get to this fucking game. Like we cannot, we cannot afford to miss this. Uh, we're going to make it to regionals. Now, uh, Mizuno uh, immediately blames uh, Misa for all of the magic doings. Cause he's like, uh, you're a fucking witch and you just came to this school. And now all of a sudden this hanky Satan shit is happening. And he's like, twas you laid the curse. Um, and of course, Misa is like, no, listen, yeah, I'm a fucking witch, but I'm not doing any of this. And she realizes that uh, her magic that she's normally able to use, she can't access it. There's no juice. Yeah, she she does her really cool, like, magical girl hand motions and her little, like, waves her little witch knife around and there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's... And she's like, that's not good. <laughs> it's bad. Now, it's also, we, we get a sequence where a bunch of the, uh, the basketball players are in this big room with, like, frosted windows. Uh, and, we, you know, we get sort of, like, strobing effects and screaming and lightning and, you know, that blood splashing all over the, the frosted windows. And uh, Mesa does a cool magic thing with a knife uh, where she, like, crosses herself with the knife and jams it into the door and it blows everybody back from the door. What was that? I, 
I, I don't know because immediately after that, everyone is still murdered by <laughs> like by what I assume are flying furniture. Yeah, like th- well, you know, great. Now that I'm on my ass on the floor, I can't watch my friends getting murdered. So I guess thank you. Because they do not show these kids mutilated bodies, uh, but instead they talk about how like. Did you see there was only, like, a fine paste? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a pink mist in this room. Like, mm, smells like dead high school student. Um, now, at this point, you know, we, we, we go into the Scooby-Doo uh, Let's Split Up gang uh, moment where uh, Mizuno is, you know, he's gone full, like, asshole of the group. Like, he's basically um, Dylan Moran in Shaun of the Dead. Where he's just like, fuck this, fuck you, you make me feel really small, and my dick is crying all the time, I'm gonna split up with this group and go my own way. Um, because he blames Misa for, for whatever's happening, and so they, they split up into two groups. Um, but one of the groups, uh, I, f- I forget the character's name, uh, she opens a window and realizes like, oh shit, guys, we can get out this window, and she sticks her head all the way out, and this is my favorite moment in the movie, a fucking druid in a robe swoops down, chops her head off. You see, you see the head just fall all the fuck way down, like three stories, and then she tumbles back inside, and the window closes. And it's like, it was it was worth a shot. I mean, you you got a window open. That feels that feels ungracious to me. To to chop this kid's head off. Like, it, listen, that's on you for shoddy work and not making sure that fucking window was covered. I don't think you should penalize this kid. Quincy, hello. You know, to, to, to learn about it. Um, but apparently there is a better way. Uh, Quincy, are you familiar with Little Business Library? No, tell me more. Let me inform you. They uh, are a website that helps promote uh, your business. Uh, you get a 30-day free trial. Um, and it's only $4 billed every month. And what they'll do is they will promote your business. They will uh, promote your portfolio. Uh, they will get your name out there, which I think is pretty nice. Yeah, that's incredible uh, because it is exhausting to self-promote 24-7. Oh, it truly is. So you're going to want to go to littlebusinesslibrary.com. Uh, and again, they uh, you can cancel at any time. Uh, and they uh, will work with you to get the most out of your business, especially if that business involves uh, selling bootlegged VHS tapes out the back of your car. No longer. No longer. You can have Little Business Library distribute your bootlegged copy of Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodwings. <laughs> so go, uh, guys, go check out uh, littlebusinesslibrary.com and make it happen. So Misa is frantically searching the school for the dolls that are probably uh, creating this. And she thinks, you know, okay, if I find the doll, I can find the doll maker and we can just yeah. go home. Yeah, and so they're looking, they're, tr- they're trying to find who's doing all this shit. While one of them is running, um, a mysterious uh, figure in a robe, who I assume is the same one who uh, decapitated that kid. Um, and man, their work <laughs> yeah. rate in this film is just incredible. They're just running around this building. Uh, they tie, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. They tie a shoestring around this voodoo doll's legs, and suddenly one of the kids who's running, their shoelaces fly together into a huge knot, and they fall and eat shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they do the fall down the stairs and hit their head on every step and it's, break their neck. It's rough. And then everyone's like, oh no, he died as he lived. <laughs> Eating shit, just falling down the stairs. Uh, it's it's like he falls down the stairs and then hits his head on the back wall and just blur, like blurts blood out his mouth and then just dies. 
Um, there's an, uh, a character in here named Kana, who uh, the girl playing Kana fucking cut a promo with this crying. Like, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and, and what's wild is very few of these actors went on to do much else, even in um, the the Japanese yeah. industry. Like, I, I base um, people's careers off if they have a photo on mm-hmm. IMDb and, like, the teacher, pretty much the only one. Now, this is that. a thing that I think about a lot, is uh, in, you know, Japan, is, is it a thing where uh, if you are an actor and you are in a minor horror movie back in the day... Depending on if, like, that gets, like, a cult status and people really love it, you can surf that shit for the rest of your life. Like, there are so many actors, like, uh, you know, who have been in a million horror movies specifically because it's, like, consistent work. Is that the case in Japan? I don't know. If any of our listeners have that information, please send us an email. Um, Rankin Valcast. Yeah, without without fear of contradiction, I I never I'm I'm not confident of of my my knowledge of of Japanese horror enough. Like I I, I need I need to I need to research it a lot more. Um, now, so at this point, uh, Mizuno, who still kind of fancies himself something of an amateur wizard, uh, decides to draw. Now I lost my shit at this. Uh, he gets a bunch of chalk and he draws a hexagram. Like a like a star of David with a bunch of like runes and mystical symbols and shit, and then sits down in it and goes, "It's a pentagram. It'll protect me." Like Mizuno, that's six fucking points. Like how? How also, are you so bad at this? Also, he does not make it. He is drawing it freehand, so he could easily make it large enough that everyone could get inside it. But instead, this motherfucker draws this ward of protection just wide enough that he could and then other and then when somebody else gets inside it it's like great mizuno now i gotta breathe in your fucking sour cream and onion chip breath like this is the only way mizuno (laughs) can convince anybody to sit your dorito this is uh and he's like yeah you know like as long as i stay inside the pentagram uh i'll be safe and and nothing can hurt me uh listeners it can still hurt you if you're inside (laughs) a fucking hexagram that you drew with chalk it is ineffective um now at uh, at this point, um, the the main love interest guy, uh, Shindo, um, these kids love slapping the shit out of each other. Like, yeah. uh, so Shindo, uh, you know, she's she's freaking out. Uh, at, at this point, Misa is freaking out because of how everybody died at her last school, and now it's all happening again. And he just slaps her like purple rain style, and they're silent for like ten seconds before he's like, "Yeah, sorry, I don't know, I don't know why I did that." It's like. <laughs> I yeah, just, ah, just felt like something to do. Um, and then at this point, uh, Mizuno becomes possessed. And this is one of the ones where, like, two of the numbers go down uh, without anybody dying and then being like, oh, someone's going to die. I'm confused about why they wouldn't see that go down and go, oh, shit, uh, Misa and Shindo must have gotten killed and not, oh, somebody's going to die and I hope it's not me. Yeah, so, so then uh, Shindo's like, I'm going to go get help. You stay here, Misa. I'll be fine. And he even comes back, and he's like, there's a little jump scare. He's like, what, you thought I would get killed leaving you and splitting up? Ha ha ha. Isn't that funny? Well, and then, irk. Yeah, he, he, gets gets his, he gets his throat slit with a box cutter. This movie is a little mean-spirited in a way I really like, uh, where he just comes back and he's like, ha ha, it's me <laughs> saving the day. You didn't think that I would bleh, and then just instantly gets his fucking uh, throat cut. Uh, and it is Mizuno who has now 
Is he possessed? And if so, by what? Uh, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> he is supposed to be possessed because he's got like a he's his voice is deeper and he's got like his eyes rolled back. Uh, but it's again, it gets a little hinky on like the the re, the way. You know what? Uh, honestly, my my thing is Mizuno's like uh, uh, creepy loner incel vibes. This is like the possession equivalent of when some kid uh, in high school at a party has like half a wine spritzer and pretends to be drunk. This is Mizuno who has always wanted to kill people <laughs> with a box cutter, going "Bah! I feel the power of Satan upon me." Blah. And just using this as a total fucking excuse to do whatever it was he was going to do anyway. I don't... Like, Satan doesn't show up until very, very far toward the end of this movie. Like, he just decides to get possessed. Like, I'm wondering if Satan sent, like, a minor secretary or something. Like, hey, uh, Belphegor, listen. If you... Listen, if you can take uh, the afternoon off, go possess that kid. Have him kill three of those kids and then himself. And, you know, we'll call it a day. Uh, and yeah, he he slits his own throat with uh, with the box cutter. I will say the blood effects in this fuck. Yeah, they're very good. Uh, so now we are like, okay. So the only people that are left because we've looked at the numbers <laughs> on the board are uh, are the three girls. And so we're like, okay. So clearly this girl is getting uh, fucked by her teacher, and the teacher is the is the mm-hmm. evil one uh, obviously because it's not misa's new best friend the class president yeah because she's wonderful am i the only one that was tricked by the friendship in this oh, no. movie like i don't know i don't pretend to know much about like female friendship but it felt like it was like a really sweet kind these girls got along it actually really, nice really surprised together. me and bummed me out when when you find no so so obviously spoiler um it turns out that uh, uh mizuki was the one who was the svengali of this whole thing and has been pulling all of the strings the whole time uh th- i had that moment here of like uh, in Get Out when you think that Rose like god damn it you know at least Rose isn't and then she holds the keys out and goes you know I can't let you do that and you're like ah god damn it um, yeah fucking Mizuki uh, turning out to be a stinker it's a huge bummer and um, that moment really really lands but bef- you know before we get that we get uh, Miss Shirai who has an axe that is used by like a cave tree? yeah it's like a dnd ass axe <laughs> fucking this is the shit you get on on markup at like a ren fair like it's just this cool looking fucking like and actually i appreciate that if you listen listen to me if you want to be a, a a murder and satanist uh who who does crazy occult murders don't pop down to fucking home depot and get a sensible axe like you need to splash out and make a statement <laughs> like, don't get a sensible axe if you're going to use it to sacrifice people to our Lord Satan. So I love in the struggle, she drops this axe and it lands with the blade facing up. And then <laughs> Misa just like pushes her on top of it. And she's like, oh, what do you, what do you know? The axe was face up. Oops. Wah, wah. Yeah, that's incredible that the axe landed just so. And then, yeah, she, she, she lands on top of it. It kills her. And as she's dying... She's just, you know, like mumbling like, oh, Lucifer, I shall be with you now. Like, why does everybody assume Satan wants to hang out with you? Like, he <laughs> he can hang out with like Oscar Wilde. Why the fuck would he ever chill with you? What are we doing? Uh, but like, yeah, like, come on, you're a regional teacher. He doesn't want to hang out. Uh, but so, so she falls onto the axe and she dies and you think, 
oh, well, the evil is defeated then, isn't it? Like, the, the, the evil predatory teacher who was behind all of this is dead, and it should be, everything should be good. But uh, Mizuki and uh, Misa are, you know, sort of on the floor together, commiserating, and uh, Mizuki says, like, you know, I really liked you. Which I do think she's being honest. I do think they were actual bros. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, we could have, you know, this could be us, but you playing. And starts, like, casting magic shit. And she's like, you're going to uh, die. And she vaporizes Misa. It's incredible. Now, what's also incredible is that the, the number on the board goes down to one. And Misa sees this right after Mizuki says that and then stabs her in the gut. Ain't that just the way? You, 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 you kill your teacher and everything is fine and then your friend stabs you in the gut. And yeah, she t- is it like she takes a doll of Misa and blows on it and just, it's like the end of 30 Days of Night where she just like blows away like ash. Yeah. Um, she just turns to ash and then fucking Lucifer shows up. Oh man, listen. And we're sitting here watching this movie like, okay, Lucifer wins. Um, we get uh, Mizuki like scream laughing throughout this scene where she's just like, I'm going to rule the fucking world bitches. Like she is just uh, devouring the scenery and scream laughing about how much it's going to rule to get possessed by Satan and take over the world. And honestly, I say, let her do it. She wanted it the most. She was willing to engineer the deaths of 13 people. Uh, That's just ambition is what that is. That's why she's class president. And then we get the coolest effect in a movie filled with set pieces where uh, Mizuki's face splits open and her body liquefies and gets abducted up into heaven by Lucifer. Yeah, it is It is a slurry beam getting shot up into the heavens. Like, it's incredible. Like, it's just this pink goo that just goes short. You know what it is? It's like uh, when you used to go to the bank back in the day and do deposits through the big tube. Uh, yeah. 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 Just <laughs> But guts. <laughs> uh, and then we see... Uh, some huge hands appearing out of the sky like the cover of Year Zero by Nine Inch Nails. And uh, Lucifer, motherfucking the morning star-ass Lucifer, uh, with his long blonde hair and his six wings, the size of Godzilla just pops up in the sky to be like, hey, um, he doesn't really do anything here, really, does he? He's like, my bad. <laughs> We're done, right? Yeah, but, uh, so, sorry, you called me. Sorry, who is this? What? I, I don't recognize this number. Uh, and she's, the conv- you know, Mizuki is convinced, like, no, I'm going to get possessed by Satan, and it's going to be, I've got it all sewn up, it's going to be dope. And then she just, what, she cocks it up? Like, she doesn't do it, right? So, what we, um, yeah, she she just doesn't realize that Lucifer doesn't care about individuals. He just wants to do whatever he wants to do. I mean, that's his So whole he thing. kills her. <laughs> and then um, we find out that Misa has this ward on her per- her person that makes her, like, just reappear. Uh, and we learn that it's the same shape as the one that she gave Mizuki, but Mizuki broke her ward. So again, she's not invincible. Ah, so wait, so if Mizuki from... if, if Mizuki hadn't broken the ward, would she have still gotten uh, vaporized? I think if she hadn't broken the ward, it's reasonable to believe that she could have ruled the world. 
You know, this is why accessorizing is so important. Like, if you just had that one fucking thing, it could have set off the whole outfit. You could have ruled the world as Satan. Uh, and yeah, so Misa is brought back to life. Uh, speaking of playing it pretty fast and loose, does this mean that that charm gives Misa, like, infinite respawns? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like... You just shoot her in the head. It's really not not dealt with at all, is it? It's just like, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like you, you could do it a few times, but the Reaper is like, look, this isn't a fucking coupon. Like, it'll it'll work a couple of times. You, This is not fucking Groundhog Day. You can't just leap in front of a Greyhound. I've got shit to do. I can't be ferrying you back to the land of the living every five fucking minutes. Um, now, you say that about coupons, but I know for a fact my mother has harangued the employees at the local Popeyes <laughs> enough that they will honor her three-month-old coupons. Man. Because every time I go visit, she tries to get me in on this grift. <laughs> and I'm like, I cannot. And every time I have tried, they're just like, no, this is an expired coupon. And I'm like, you're right. Thank you very yeah. much. I'll just pay full You know, that's what it is, actually. Being persnickety about coupons requires an energy I will. I just will never have. Um, I, like, I, I apologize to people sort of reflexively when I'm in public. There's no way I'm going to try to put somebody out of, uh, like, like, out of their way to try to honor my coupon. Like, I respect and salute everybody who does have that energy. I think what it is, you want to find people in your life who have... Uh, persnickety coupon energy and just like let them be your champion so that you can continue to be a coward in public which is what I do <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, you know so Misa goes and finds um, the, the the hunky boy who was on the roof and she you know sort of smooches him and he's he's deader than shit uh, and I think and that's it right like that's the oh that's yeah. it it's time to go to another school yeah time to <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the action has uh, dried up around these parts. I guess I'll hit the Dusty and see what's cracking over in Okinawa. Um, now, this movie, I it, I want so much to do a deep dive with this kind of story. Like, it's literally just a teen slasher, like, in a really, really delightful way and with, like, cultural mores that are a little strange to me, which makes it feel like... And don't get, don't get me wrong, I've seen so many goddamn slashers and this felt so fun to me because of the ways in which I didn't see this shit coming. Yeah, because the first act really follows the like Japanese TV melodrama mm-hmm. uh, list. It, it's it's very over the top. It's very mystery. We got to solve it. And then by the time we hit the second act, we kind of shift into the slasher. Let's split up. Everyone's following each mm-hmm. other. There's literally someone with a sword, <laughs> and it really does kind of click in a really good way. And then the end, they're like, "Oh, I guess this was a supernatural thriller." Uh, here's Satan for you. Uh, good yep. night. Yep, pretty much. Yes, here's Satan. Good night. Yeah, like thanks for coming out, folks. Here's the Prince of Darkness. We we really appreciate your business. Um, now this movie, uh, it's it does exactly the thing that it needed to do. Like I had so much fucking fun watching this. Um, if, and guys, it's, uh, now I didn't, Quincy, first of all, I need to get on that, uh, uh, video Steve catalog because I, there, it's forbidden VHS tapes that I need to have in my life. Uh, it's, it's also on, uh, YouTube for free. Um, I also purchased a used copy of this for like 
under ten dollars. Man, it's you know, a, if 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 money is an object, I feel like the great thing is you can always find shit like this. Um, it's just yeah, it's all over the place. So looking at our list, uh, at okay, so starting uh, sort of at around the one hundreds, um, at number one hundred eight, we have uh, Ichi the Killer. Um, which is, of course, the Takashi Miike-directed uh, transgressive horror classic uh, that's full of torture and death and all, all manner of uh, depravity. Which do we think is a better movie? Ichi, uh, Ichi the Killer or Eko Eko Azarak? Uh, it's hard. I'm going to have to go with Ichi the Killer. And the reason for that is because Tragedy Girls is at number 123. Mm. And I feel like it sticks the teenager and like female friendship theme a lot better that I wanted more of in Eco Eco. Totally Azarek. agree, actually. And now right below Tragedy Girls is uh, Troll Two at number one twenty four, uh, which, as you know, uh, obviously I don't need to tell you, it's considered one of the best worst movies of all time. Uh, you know what? Talking about quality is a mood point there. Friday night test, Quincy. Uh, it is Friday night. You've got a two liter of mug root beer and a tombstone pizza. Are you sitting down to rewatch Troll 2, or are you watching Echo Echo Azarak? I'm sorry, I'm watching Troll 2. Troll yeah. 2 is near unassailable. And yeah. in fact, if we look, uh, several movies beneath Troll 2 are better than uh, Echo Echo Azarak as well. Oh, Candyman, definitely, at number uh, 166. Uh, all right, let's see. Like, all right, I've, I've, I've got it. I think I've got it. At number 193, we have Hellraiser 3. Uh, which is the one that decided to have the like B team Cenobites, where it's like the the evil DJ and the mean photographer, <laughs> <laughs> and even even Pinhead himself is like, look, I know they suck, but wait, I, I'm on a budget and I I had to make them on short notice. Where it's just and and it's them like marching through the streets and just like fuck you, random passerby, and shooting him in the head with a CD. Which do we think is better, uh, Hellraiser three or Echo Echo Azrock? For sheer absurdity, I'm going to have to go with Hellraiser 3. Yeah, but I think fair. that Echo Echo Azarak is a very close runner-up. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely better than Dominique, which is our number 194. Oh, definitely. So yeah, so uh, Dominique from 1979. I would feel pretty good about that. Uh, coming in at our new number uh, 194... Uh, below Hellraiser, but above Dominique from 1979, is Eko Eko Azarak, Wizard of Darkness. And again, guys, you can go and find this on YouTube. Question, what is the Wizard of Darkness? Um, Who is the Wizard of Darkness? Is I it her? it's Satan. Satan is the Wizard of Darkness? I think, because Satan is the one that's doing all the magic, or through Satan. <laughs> is this so like Mizuki a... is the wizard? This is like a writer, director, producer thing where like I'm the prince of darkness, the wizard of darkness, the caterer of darkness, the handyman of darkness. Like Satan, you can't just put of darkness after your job. Um, but yeah, so it's on YouTube. Uh, guys, go go and check that out or do what Quincy does. Get that good dank VHS uh, hookup and find find this stuff on, on VHS. It's completely worth it. Um, God damn. Yeah. Quincy, where can our listeners find us on the Internet? Well, they can find us on social media. Um, at Rank and Vile on Instagram and at Rank and Vile Cast on Twitter. Hell yeah. Uh, we also have Letterboxd at Rank and Vile. We have, uh, we're on all manner of platforms. Guys, I know that we weren't able to get to any uh, today, but if you have a request for a movie that you think might have slipped our radar that we don't, you know, uh, need, to, need to talk about, 
you're gonna want to send that request to rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Guys, we have a Discord. We have uh, a great fucking Discord. It's like the only Discord I actually am on and check and talk on at any given point. Um, it's just a lot of goddamn fun. Uh, and we've, we've got a wonderful community. So go go check that out if you, ha if you haven't already. Uh, but uh, barring that, that is about all I've got. You anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks. <laughs>